What's poppin' fam? Welcome to Don't Touch My Mindset, a podcast that is designed to uplift, inspire, and motivate you, and most importantly, share tools to help you protect that mindset. Chase. Yo, I'm excited to be here. Happy Sunday. Yo, we are two weeks away from the workshop. So if you haven't already, please go over to thejchase.com forward slash event and sign up. You want to be in the room like like 100%. We are giving you a playbook. We are breaking it down to what, what it means to really understand yourself, know you, communication styles, how to uplift and grow your relationships, but most importantly, how to develop yourself. You know, um, we, we want you to live a full and effective life. So we want you there. We want you there. Please, please, please go sign up. Yo, but today, today, we got a special guest, special pivotal moment, someone who's close to my heart. Yo, we've had amazing conversations from when we recorded this, like what, back in February to to now, just yesterday, speaking with my man, um, this, this father, you know, this, this, this brother, this, this, this leader of a man, it's named Damien, and he is just a special gift, and I want to bring him to you guys, um, so please, please, please grab a notepad, notebook, whatever you use to take notes on, take copious notes, uh, stop, pause rewind listen share with a friend subscribe you know all of the above i just want i want you to get some type of value out of this absolutely amazing yo i love you guys thank you for being here we are back on wednesday with a brand new uh mindset and that much closer to the workshop so enjoy this episode enjoy this interview this conversation and i'll see you at the workshop bye Talk later. We'll talk later. This is, and that's a later conversation. <laughs> Hello. Oh gosh, I love that you're here, brother. Um, hey, I wanted to welcome Damian Noble Andrews to "Don't Touch My Mindset" and the Pivotal Moment series. I'm so excited to have you here, Damian. Hello. I'm happy to be here, brother. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, go ahead, tell us about yourself. Do the ins and outs. Let's get past the awkward stuff so we can die. Sure. Excited. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Damien Noble Andrews. Uh, if you Google me, you'll only find one. I'm the only one out there. Uh, you'll see a lot of stuff about photography, directing, a little bit of creative direction, things like that. Um, what you won't see is that I've been doing branding and marketing, uh, creative consultation for about 10 years now. And on the flip side of that, um, my job has put me in touch with some really cool people. So along the way, I've had the chance to have conversations with some amazing folks. And some of those have led to 
uh, for lack of a better term, life coaching. I've always just said I'm a paid conversationalist, right? Like I'm not here to coach you. I just want to chat. And through this conversation, like maybe we'll figure some shit out. Oh, can I curse on your podcast? Sorry, yes. I should check first. Yes. I can. It's green light. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Yes. I've realized I'm 42 and I just don't care anymore because if you need me to be buttoned up, I can be. But otherwise, like, ugh, can we just drop the pretense for a second? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I've spent uh, 22 years as a creative. I've spent 10 years as a consultant, and I've spent about nine years as a coach. And mm -hmm. I do all those things freelance. Uh, and I have a good life. That's wonderful. That's a blessing. You know, there's not many people that can say that. And I think that's that magnetic pull that I feel towards you, brother. Um, I, I, I met Damien on this awesome app called Clubhouse. <laughs> and um, I've just met some amazing people there with him being one of them. And just super impressed by the way you do hold conversations, by the way you hold yourself, by what, by what we talk about and engage about. And of course, that brings me to think of what has this guy been through? You know, what, what's on his plate? What, what gets to this emotional intelligence? You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's that old saying, like, why are you so wise? Oh, <laughs> we call that trauma. <laughs> you know, PTG post traumatic yeah. growth. Let's go. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've brought you onto the show for one reason, one reason only. Um, I believe that there is a time or times in our lives that we have to make a pivot, that we have to make a shift, that we have to make a decision, make our lives better, and we have to take control of it. And well, first and foremost, have you been in that position? And two, if you have, are you ready and willing to share that? And if you are, let, let me in. <laughs> if I wasn't, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> uh, have I been through that? Yeah, first time was seventh grade. Mm. Okay. Seventh grade. So I'll, I'll set the stage a little bit. Um, sixth grade, I was like the skinny little kid, like just scrawny, small, little human. And I was raised by four women, primarily, and a grandfather who was around, but you know, grandfather still working. And so I grew up with like a lot of empathy and a lot of uh, awareness of how I was feeling, how to connect all these different things, the importance of conversation. And I was little, I was in junior high and I was a nice kid, which means I got picked on a lot, like a lot, right? You know, and tossed into lockers and like, luckily I never got locked in a locker, but it was close a couple times, like, you know, just little. Um, and in seventh grade, I grew straight out but I did not grow up. So I was, I was a very round human in seventh grade. And when you're, you know, 11 years old and you're round, people make fun of you, people pick on you. And so I started getting this like chip on my shoulder. Two things happened in that moment. One, I became a little bit bitter towards that whole dynamic the whole teasing, trash talking, picking on, like, I just have never seen a point ever. I mean, even with my wife, like she and I will joke around, but like, I, I force myself to participate in that type of interaction because it does not come naturally. I'd much rather give my energy towards growth, healthy conversation, 
you know, connection, depth, whatever that might be. And because of that, uh, I'm a lot. I'm a, I'm a lot to be around, right? I don't, I don't have a lot of tolerance for like the, oh, we're just gonna go talk about the weather. Nothing, not my vibe. So I developed a little bit of animosity towards the typical interactions in our society, especially in a younger age, which you realize like never really changes. Like you get to high school, it shifts a little bit and then life is like high school. It just is. And the other thing that happened is I realized that um, I was getting picked on a lot and I was, I was getting close friend wise to like, you know, the cool kids on the quad. I don't know how your school was, but like we had like a central eating area outside. This is Southern California, right? LA. And, and so you can eat outside most of the time. You know, we didn't have inside like cafeterias, uh, just like had an awning over it. And the cool kids sat in one spot, you know, the eighth graders, the cool ones. And then there was like these other little pockets around and like, I was fringe. Like I could walk by the cool kids and say hi for a couple minutes until they started ignoring me and then I could away. Like that's what I was allowed to do, you know, at that age. And I realized that they weren't seeing me, at least not the me that I knew I was. And I knew inherently that I had to show them that nobody was gonna just discover me. I wanted to be part of the cool kids, probably because everybody does in some capacity, but also like my home life wasn't great at that point, you know, I needed some joy, some win. And uh, and so I made a concerted effort to change the way I presented myself. And this is the summer between seventh grade and eighth grade. I remember thinking it in seventh grade and not really knowing how to put it into action until eighth grade. In eighth grade, I rolled in with confidence. That was a complete facade. Like I was nervous and my heart was beating out of my chest and all these things. And admittedly, it helped that like I grew. So I, I was now like one of the taller kids and no longer round, right? And so like that helps. It helps in our superficial society. So I changed the way I acted to be one that was like that Vince Vaughn, like quick witted, always making you laugh. You can't get a word in edgewise. Like I'm always thinking a step ahead type of thing, right? And it worked and it worked so well, I became popular. And then I got to high school and I just kept it going. And I just kept it going and kept it going. Eighth grade rolls around. So eighth grade rolls around, I grow, I get confident, I go, I become quick witted and it works. And so I get into high school in ninth grade and now I'm like, small again, right? You're, you're freshman, you're picked on. Except I had this like, I had figured out this little secret, this little key that if I was just confident, I would just pretended to be confident, then people would welcome me in. So freshman year, I went to homecoming with a senior. Like I, I, it worked. And so I just kept it going. And I kept this persona, this very outgoing, very quickly, a very fast talking type of thing, enter a party and like, I promise you, I was gonna have a crowd within minutes. Like I was just, I made myself into that guy until pivotal moment number two. 
gosh, there's been a lot of pivotal moments. I'm an old dude, like there's been, and I've lived hard, so there's a lot. Okay, this might be pivotal moment number three, might be four, I don't know. Like depends which rabbit hole you wanna go, but I'll stay on, on course here with just personality for a second. I had a friend in college, her name is Carrie, and she, she called me out in a beautiful way. She was I, like, she was talking to me about something and I was like on my way to something else and said, hey, sorry, I gotta, I gotta run, but you know how much I love you? And she goes, no, I don't. And I stopped and I, and I was like, what do you, what do you mean you don't know? Because to me, it was obvious. Like she was one of my closest friends. Like, to, I think even at that point, I may have been like homeless sleeping on her couch. Like it might have been that era, that might have been just after this. But she explained to me that she didn't know that I, that she was special to me because I was like this, quote unquote, with everyone. I was open and I was fast and inviting all these things, but I, I, she made me realize that I wasn't making anyone feel special. I wasn't making anyone feel like they were getting more of me. It was just me at 11 all the time. And I took it to heart. And so I stopped. I stopped being that guy all the time. And I could flip a switch and jump back into it. And I still can, but now I don't need to. Because it was more about knowing that people would see me, just to be seen because I felt growing up that I wasn't, because I felt I wasn't heard, because I felt I wasn't enough, because all these different things, right? And now I don't give a fuck. Like, I've, I'm married well above my grade, okay? I, I have two amazing children. I get to work from home in my sweatpants if I want to and travel every now and again. People pay me for the way I think and the way I see the world. Like, I set my own hours and I have since 2004. Like, I mean, I, my life doesn't suck. And so if you want to take the time to get to know me, like, then we can be friends. And if you don't, that's cool. You, I know that you're missing out. And I also know that the inverse is true. If I don't spend the time trying to get to know somebody, I might be missing out, right? And so I think these pivotal moments really have made me turn just the right amount at each point to be bolder, to be softer, to be focused on self, to be focused on others. You know? right. And I think it's, it's been a fun ride that way. I love that. You're not going to leave me with that. There's so much more. Don't you try me. <laughs> I'm trying to like give you, you know, like we can go another direction if you want. We can keep diving wherever you want to go. Keep, keep diving. I'm, I'm an open book, but like I tell people this all the time. Don't ask me a question you don't want an honest answer to. Because I'll tell you my truth. Always. But it's not always easy to hear. Mm -hmm. You know? I'm, I'm, I'm the exact same way and it and it's so interesting where i had to just find is finally tell myself know more than you tell have more than you show answer the question that was asked yeah <laughs> i had to tell yeah. myself because and i noticed that as i kind of went through the same things you I, I i see a lot of me in you um of 
how I am personality wise with talking to people and being that guy, being that confident person. I mean, and, and in the same, same aspect for me in high school, you know, I, I, I could communicate very, very well. That's why I'm in the job that I'm in now. I, uh, I'm in sales, have been for nine years since I was 19, you know, um, it's, it, and that's why I have a podcast, but it's, I was about to say like, <laughs> also this whole thing, right? Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> right, my, slide if you need. <laughs> right, I was talking to my friend, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> he said, I feel like you're always talking to people. I was like, always, always talking to people, but that's fine. Yeah, uh, but I really like what you said about how you never made, you realize that you didn't make anyone feel special because you made everybody feel the same. So, um, of course, that was that's a tough pill. That was a tough pill to swallow, like at the time, because because I, I I didn't feel like I had a lot of close friends. Mm-hmm. I felt like I knew a lot of people, and I had a very small handful of friends. And when she told me that, I was like, "Oh, I'm fucking this up. Like this is that's all on me. That's my mistake." Yeah, right. What do you do with a mistake? Hopefully. You pick yourself up, you learn, and you take a step forward. Keep going, you know? But the learning is tough. It takes it takes commitment to the process of becoming a better person. Like every day. For people to really learn and really grow. People go like, oh, I can I can just like I'll work on myself on the weekends. It don't work like that. Oh, no. <laughs> by no. the way, there's no end. There's no finish line to working on yourself. No. You just know more. You just become more of you. Okay. And then you realize, oh, there's another layer. I guess we're becoming that person now. Just keep, you know, keep diving in. You know, it's so funny you say that because I I'm five years sober and right before I got here, I was like, all right, time to go deeper. Because five years ago, I went deep. And I'm like, all right, I've been coasting at this place, handling the challenges that come up as this version of me. So let's shed. And I always look at it like a shedding period. Like, you know how they say the caterpillar or the snake skin or it's a shedding. It's a shedding period. That's all it is. As we grow, we shed and we outgrow people and we outgrow ourselves. And I had to come to terms with that because what you said, this might be a, a pivotal moment for me right now under like just seeing myself and you and in, in, in the pure reflection that we are of I know a lot of people I know a lot of people a lot and a lot of people know me a lot of people did it when I was younger when but I, I, I got probably five friends if that and I've always only had that you know, with all the people that know me, and this is so, and I, and I'm gonna flip this right back to you, but now I'm looking deep inside, look at you life coaching on my podcast, live action. Um, look, no, baby, take Again, it all. Just pay, just conversation, right? Like, I didn't say shit. I didn't, I'm not pulling, I'm not even pulling your strings yet. I'm not pushing buttons. Like, this is just, you know, hanging out. And that, and, but that's the beauty of just being an open person, you know, just be like, yo, I relate with that. Because as I as I was at all these parties, knew all these people, 
I escorted the homecoming queen my senior year. Like, did, did all, all these things, you know, like all these cool things. I ate lunch with one other person every single day. And it was so sad that we would get our lunch, run through the line, sit down, scarf it down, just so we had more time to just go around and talk to different people. Just talk to them and act like we're friends with with all these different people. Yo. And and I I always knew that and I realized like I'm like, oh, that's not me, blah, blah, blah. But just seeing that other people have noticed this about themselves as well is refreshing. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, so keep absolutely. diving. Keep diving. You're just bringing which more way, up which way you want to go. <laughs> Wherever which, which your you heart go? desires. Wherever your heart desires. there's there's been a lot of pivotal moments there's what, I, I go ahead well okay you say that and i'm like mm, all right well what was the most recent the 10 months ago mm-hmm. okay I'm sorry. on clubhouse my, my you know this app that i think is wonderful has absolutely changed my life and I think that it, it provides provides a beautiful space for those that want to talk and those that want to listen. You know, and, and that's the key is that it, it's for the extroverts and the introverts, you know, and it's the merging of two in this in this very interesting balance, you know, where the introverts like will still speak up and share their point because you can't see them and it's safer and it feels easier to share. And the extroverts talk a lot. But they also tend to respect, you know, kind of how things go and, and shut up for a second, and listen, you know. And, and I hopped on Clubhouse and it was all of a sudden this instant, instantly I was in the room with people that I would never be in the room with otherwise. And we would have conversations. I'd be in business rooms, I'd be in photo rooms, I'd be in branding rooms. I'd inner child room, whatever the thing is. And I saw it very much like that seventh, like that quad in junior high, like that seventh grade. Like if I show them who I am, something will stick. And so I did. I started having these conversations, started diving in and being more involved in the app and, and talking a lot more. And I made some great connections. Uh, some of which have led to like, you know, helping start a, a nonprofit, uh, booked coaching work off of it, I booked photo work off of it, or booked branding work off of it. But the most important piece of that was two moments. One was uh, I got put in touch with this lady through a room. Somebody said, Hey, Damien's great. You should talk. And she goes, You know what? Why don't you come take my course? And I said, Okay. And it was just like a, a little intro webinar type of thing, right? And it was, I think, called Drawing Your Future. You take Fatty. a piece of paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Fatty. Yes. So we're So we're writing our things, right? We're drawing it out. Here's our life. And then you have these big, bold arrows. And she says, okay, you have one side where the here it's your current life. The other side, it's the life you want. And you have to make these three bold choices to get one or the other. And the first one, she says, what do you need to change about your life to get the life you want? 
and I wrote because I heard my subconscious shout it. And luckily I've done enough work over the years that I have a pretty open communication with my subconscious at this point. And it just goes, change everything. And I knew what that meant. And I wrote down, change my career. But holy shit, what? Like I've been doing this for 20 years. Like, what do you mean change? And there were some other pieces of that. But the change of career component made me realize that all of this coaching stuff that has been behind the scenes needs to come forward. People need to know, not because I'm the best thing since sliced bread, but because I do have an ability and a capacity to help people. And if I actually talk about my purpose in life and connect to who I am, if I can help somebody, I'd like to. If I can't, then, you know, okay, that's fine. I, you know, we're not superhuman. Can't help everybody. And so I started making it known that I do this type of work and, and, you know, I started booking some people off of it. And about a month later, I was hosting a room with a friend of mine and we we're thinking about starting a podcast kind of thing and get things rolling. And uh, I was sharing a story about my past a little bit and I cut it short because I'm used to being a listener. I'm used to being like, hey, here's a snippet of me and now let's hear from you. And he called me out on it afterwards. He goes, why'd you do that? So I don't know, I just want to make sure that like the guest was having a time with it. He goes, I was so interested in what you were saying. I said, for real? And he goes, yeah, like you, you need to tell your story a little bit. You need to talk about how you've gone through life a little bit. And I just wasn't so into that. And I started doing it more. And I started practicing that. And I started sharing hopefully in a way that doesn't come off as arrogant or braggadocious or, or trying to draw the attention, but more just, hey, I've been through some shit. Here's a lesson. Like, maybe it'll help somebody. But like, if you have a chance to maybe help somebody or maybe not, I don't think that maybe, yeah, sure. You know? Right. Right. So I started sharing more of my life. So like this, the past two most pivotal moments would be getting on this app and, and meeting Patty, like three days in and just being like, okay. And doing this and then going, oh fuck. And now I need to change everything. And no, I don't need to change everything. What I did start to do is let people see these other facets of who I am and what I do. And I'm very, very hard to define. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm currently working on a stint, a, a, a short-term contract as the creative director for a new fashion brand. Hasn't launched yet, we're building it right now. What? That doesn't make sense. Well, no, but it does because my skill set is one where I, I get to take like a deep caring about humanity and understand how to speak to that through imagery and through brand voice. So it does make sense. But I'm this weird hyphen slash, you know, like, oh, triple threat, whatever. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to count. But like, I can do a lot of shit and I can have good creative thoughts about a lot of different avenues of life. And that makes me valuable. And because of that, like, 
I learned that I need to share that more. And so that would be probably the most recent pivotal moment is I just need to share more of me, but in a, not in the seventh grade way, but just like, Hey, this is, this is who I am. This is what I do. Own that. Own that. Well, not even necessarily own it. Cause I, you know, from the level of confidence you have, but would it be expression? Express it more, tell people, you know? I mean, maybe it's expression. It's, it's definitely, I don't lack ownership of it. Um, I think that it's, uh, I, I think what it, what it is, is if we're going deeper, right? If we're not just going for the superficial stuff, I think for me, it comes down to, um, allowing people, allowing myself to be seen when my comfort zone is feeling like I'm not. It's feeling like I'm supposed to be behind the camera or I'm supposed to be the one who, you know, comes up with a thought or idea, but we don't really talk about that. You know, I, I, I feel like, I feel like it's really about me owning the fact that, that I'm worthy, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be because I'm excellent. It doesn't have to be because I'm extraordinary at anything. This is a recent lesson I'm learning is that you you just existing means you're worth love you just just sitting right there playing video games all day long with cheeto stains on your t-shirt with a soda next to you having zero effort into changing your life for the better you're still worthy of being loved you're still a human being you're still a soul going through this experience in the same time as the rest of us, of course you're worthy of love. And and that's something that took me a little time to learn is that I don't have to be extraordinary to be loved. I can just be me. And in an effort to just be more of me, that means I'll share more. Mm. So, yeah. See, I love that. I love that. I love that. Cause that's how, so, cause my next question is, okay, so how do you combat that inner critic when ego says, hey, no, you're not supposed to be seen. You're supposed to be behind the camera. And then you're like, no, imagination says, this is who I'm stepping into. This is who I want to be. This is what I want to do. How do you combat that? What, like, what? I guess my question is, what's what's the best piece of advice you can do? Because I deal with that, brother. I deal with that. Yeah. I, 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 I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I just do it. I don't yeah, I don't I don't deal with that. Um I am inherently an extraordinarily confident person because my mother hacked the system when I was a kid. She did. She um anything that I did that was an, an effort of expression whether it be, uh, you know, building stuff out of the couch cushions or boxes or toilet paper rolls, whatever it was, or, hey, I want to go sing or I want to, you know, play this sport or I want to paint or whatever, whatever, or any possible thing that was expressive, me just living life, trying things on. She always supported 100% blind, just, yep, okay. Sometimes we couldn't afford the thing I wanted to do, but she supported the idea. You know, she supported the effort to try and understand it. You know, she takes me to the library. We read books about it. Um, 
I have 100% confidence in myself. Now that doesn't mean I don't feel the, the downside of the roller coaster. I do. It's actually a, a very important part of my process creatively. But I, yeah, I mean, as far as like the ego saying like, oh, I, I don't know if I should be here or whatever. Like, no, my my ego, I put in the back seat of the car. Like it doesn't get to drive. Every now and again, I let it come up and like lean over and give me a few directions. But like for the most part, ego is a passenger, just hangs out back there. But my ego tells me that I'm a bad motherfucker. Like just, just that's what it is, <laughs> you know? Like I've been able to take a lot of life experience and dissect it and understand it and be able to communicate that to others. It's not a, it's not a normal thing. It's not a common thing is what I've realized. I, for most of my life, I was like, oh, I'm just living. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, you don't think the way I think. Okay. Right. So now I've turned, I turned it into a course. Like I teach businesses how to think this way. I, we do efficiency training because like I can solve problems in a different way. I teach people how to shift the perspective. Like th this is another one of the many slashes that I do, right? Is that I, I can teach people where their blocks are. And if you free up little blocks of like how you see things, if you, you know, all of a sudden you just open up the blinders a little bit, like this really cool thing happens. First, you like get overwhelmed because it's like you're seeing more of life and you didn't know it was there. But then this really cool thing happens where you start to see where things fit in life. And you start to gain perspective on how important you can be, but also how small you are. And it's both at the same time, right? Like I know that I'm insignificant in the grand scheme of time. We're talking millions of years. Like I'm, I'm not even a blink, right? My time on this earth comparatively. And yet as insignificant as I am, I have immense power within me to change the entire outcome of the rest of time. I have the power within me to come up with an idea, to implement a thing, to affect one human being that becomes the thing. Whatever the thing is, the person, the, whatever that might be, you have no idea the immense ripple effect that we create over time, right? Not just like in our town or in our home or our job, but like, what about forever? How did you affect forever? We all have that power within it. And you're completely insignificant. <laughs> so what does that mean? It means fucking life is balance. It's both. It's, you know, it's not black and white. It's all the things at once all the time. And all we're doing is doing our best to pick little moments where we can be us. Do our best. I think I broke Jay. I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, the the first thing that you said to me, brother, uh, when we first had a conversation was, I don't meet many people who can beat me with a smile, but I think he Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't meet many people that can leave me speechless. <laughs> it may have taken me a month or so to figure that out, but 
this happens quite often when I'm speaking to you. And I'm like, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> okay, but to tie that exact thing into what I was just talking about, like, my ego is proud that I put some thought out there that affected you that you like couldn't respond to. And when you laugh and sit back, there's still a piece of me that goes, is he laughing at me right now? And like, but that's beautiful to me because that's life, that's balance, right? And the thing is this, it sparks a question, which is it? Is he inspired or is he amused? How do you know? You ask, you ask the question, right? And here's the thing is that too many people in life realize there's a question and never ask. They never get clarity. They never try to understand what life is in front of them. They just hold on to their version and they go through life with their version of how life went. But did it? I don't know, man. Yo, the the craziest thing about that, and like, because that brings up in so, in so much in me because it's like, so many people use what got them here to try and get them to where they want to go. And I'm like, it's not going to work. It's, what got you here got you here for a reason. Now we have to pivot, adapt, change, and maybe make a little and grow a little bit to get to where we want to go. I mean, if you want different, you have to do different. It's not a hard concept. And it, so many people go throughout life doing, living the lessons that they learned without applying it to new situations. I don't know if that, if I, what you said sparked so much in me because it's, it's people not knowing, assuming, taking things personally that's creating this type of suffering. It's before grievances something I, I try to strive by and I don't say live by because of the expectations that come with that but I try to strive by the four agree be impeccable in my word don't take anything personally don't make assumptions and always do my best yeah and and yet it's nearly impossible to follow that. like a few things come to mind one is um kind of what I've realized is my role in life is I want to ask really good questions and I don't care about the answers. I don't because the curiosity of the question is the important part, right? Curiosity of, can we? Because if you have to stop and think if something's possible, then I've done my job. Right, because what what really is happening is this consideration for more than you currently understand. How important is that in life? Oh, I don't understand it. Therefore, what it doesn't exist. There you go. You said it. You 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 said it. Like, like, are you kidding me? Like, how how many years ago did the Wright brothers fly a plane, right? And sixty, and that was. What the hell? We flew? People flew. We were right. in there. We flew. We're birds. We're amazing. Right. And 60 years later, we were on the moon? What? What? Like, consider this. 
in my ear, I, my school, I grew up typing my reports on a typewriter. Yeah. Right? I'm not that old. I mean, I'm old enough, but like, that's not forever ago. Email? You want me to, sorry, there's a computer and I got to do a thing. Like now we're Dick Tracy. Now we're having phone calls on our watches, right? We're right. Just, it's future stuff, right? So the idea that anybody can sit back and go, oh yeah, this is as good as it's going to get. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? The, the amount of information that we have no clue about yet. Like, no. I had another thought, but I had lost it into that rabbit hole. Well, it, it, it brings me to the way that I, I actually look at life. I look at everybody like they're my, like they're my teacher. I'm a student in life, always. Continuous learning, always. Always, always, always. But there's two types of realities. There's the reality that you know and you push a little bit, but then there's the reality that's completely hidden and has to be ripped through and brought to the forefront and you get lost in it because you've never experienced it before. Two types of realities and you get to choose which reality that you live in. I choose to look for moments that rip through my current reality. You know, so I love that you said that. Yo, I feel like we could rock this for hours. We need a podcast. We could, we could probably go for seven hours. Easy. Easy. We need a podcast. Right. We need a let podcast. Me, let, me, let me drop this. Let me drop this thing about reality since you just brought it up. <laughs> and, then, and then I'll rattle off like four more pivotal moments with no backstory and just leave people hanging. There it is. Part two coming. Part two. <laughs> There's eight billion people. There's eight billion realities. There's 8 billion truths. Okay. Here's the example. I'm going to tell you a fairly factual event first. And if you were to see a video of this event happening, you'll see roughly what I'm describing, right? So if you and I, Jay, you and I walk down the street, the corner, where we're about to cross the street to go to a coffee shop. A Ferrari comes by, turns the corner, and keeps driving. That's it. The whole thing. Whole story. Here's a different reality. You think, oh man, we were walking down the street. It was such a beautiful day. The sun was shining. There was just a little breeze. Oh, I felt just, it felt like, like summer was starting to happen again. We get to the corner and, oh, fuck, bro, my favorite fucking car comes cruising by guy rips through the turn drifts it just a little bit pops the clutch you hear that engine just and that ferrari sound and it takes off i just like oh so fired up for the day and my reality is we're walking down the street it was fucking hot as balls like it was so i couldn't i was my pits were sweaty my butt was sweaty like it was just not okay right and we get to the corner and this maniac with no consideration for any pedestrians comes whipping around in his fancy sports car and needs to show off how cool he is by revving the engine and taking off down the street. They're both true. They're both true. So here's the catch, right? You and I could have that experience. We could video something. We could talk about your version and my version of the truth. And they might be closely aligned or they might not. But even if you took that video and showed it to somebody else, what are they going to see? They're a different reality because their reality is filtered through all of their past, all of their experiences, all of their understandings, their mood that day, all the things, right? 
So we can agree that things happen and we can agree that we all have our own interpretation of it. Anything beyond that is actually stretching what's happening, right? That's not like eight billion realities, eight billion truths. Yo, it's it's that's why I always say be the main character of your story. Everyone else around you is a secondary character. They're they're casting roles, and you can you can get rid of that cast and you can recast new ones, but you're the main character. And you can look at life or the world like a huge movie theater. If you want to go watch another movie, go be a secondary character in somebody else's life. Don't take the driver's seat of your own life, you know? But this is my movie. This is where I am. So I'm so I see, listen to my podcast. You might like it. So right? yeah. <laughs> Just tune in. Just hit subscribe. <laughs> subscribe now. Don't touch his mindset. Um, the reason I was laughing as you started to say that is because I recently flipped that in my own life. For me to be the best version I can be of me, for what my priorities are, for my standards, I have to look at my wife and my children and see myself as a supporting character in their group. And as I look through life through their eyes, how I'm showing up, isn't fully lining up with who I want to be. And I don't understand that until I try and understand how I appear in somebody else's story, how I appear in somebody else's group. Because my priorities now absolutely include being a better father, being a better husband, being connected to all those things. I have to see that I'm the supporting cast. Now, that doesn't mean I'm always a supporting cast right i shut my office door i go to work whatever like damn right i'm the main character you know but i grew up without a dad around and then some really bad examples of stepfathers and i have the opportunity to break that cycle completely and be a good healthy example of fatherhood for my two boys yeah yeah i'm i'm supporting cats now because because my my time as always the main character has just evolved into a different role. That's all. That's it. That's it. The, mo yeah. the movie change. The movie change. It's all the scene change. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, oh, look at this. It's hey. like it's like one of those movies where like all of a sudden you're following a different character. And yeah. you're like, oh, it's, it's that person's turn. Yeah. yeah. Black Mirror episode. That's what it is. <laughs> it's a whole different reality. You know, I love it. I... That's it's so interesting because like I don't have those responsibilities in my life, so I look at it like yo, I I have I'm in the driver's seat right now, but but you're also in the driver's seat as well, and I know where you're coming from because my dad wasn't present in my life, and I literally just had this conversation with my partner, and I said I believe that I need to be the best version of myself for others. And she was like, I don't agree with the with the four others part. And I was like, no, 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 you just don't see the four others part. Because if I show up as the best version of myself for, for others, I'm going to be able to give all that I have to give and not reserve that fearlessly, independently, and upright as I do. And it goes back to my whole thing that self-love is service. So it's super interesting that you say that because I'm starting, I'm starting to see this like completely... I'm, like I said, I'm pivoting right now in my life. So yeah, 
That's... Got the it's... podcast and everything. It's yeah. it's wild. It's so good. <laughs> um, yo, we before this is a two hour long podcast. No. Yeah. Yo, you know my regular episodes are literally less than fifteen minutes. So... I mean, chop it up, man. Good luck. Right. I got a whole season here. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> the noble season. <laughs> I like it. Um, just tell everybody where they can find you at and um, how to get in touch with you and all of that good stuff. And sure. then we'll, we'll get out of here, brother. I want you to get back to, you know, your life. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, yeah, Damien Noble Andrews. Uh, my website is nobleandrews.com. It's basically photography. I also have a community that I'm starting to have more conversations like this called My Pink Sunnies, mypinksunnies.com. And um, yeah, I am a part of a lot of other projects, a lot of other things. You can check out manyadori.org, M-A-N-Y-A-D-O-R-I.org. That's a nonprofit that I helped start. Uh, still very early, still building. Um, just Google me. I'm around. All my information's out there. Hit me up. Let me email. Give me a call. I'm old. I prefer phone calls. Don't text me. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, that's it. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. There's been a few other pivotal moments. Okay. And, I, and I'll, I'll rattle these off quick just because there's importance to the backstory. Um, I met my wife through a friend at a dinner. And seven days later, I went out with her on our first date. I was living in San Diego. She was in the Bay in Oakland. I flew back up there, went on a date with her. Three weeks after that, I'm been, we've been together 14 and a half years. Um, I, I believe we're pivotal. I, I believe that there's always a moment like that waiting for you that could change the trajectory of your life completely. And I think they're there all the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that they come. We say yes to those moments when we get out of our own way. When, when life is going in such a way that we're not paying attention to our typical hangups about something and we just say yes, and then we find ourselves in a different space being more of the person we want to become. And I think those are always waiting for you. They don't happen often because we're often in our own way. But if you can step to the side and let yourself just be a little bit more, chances are you're gonna find that flow 